Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Keys 107, opening the doors to endless possibilities in the pursuit of love, peace, and happiness with your hosts, Rafika and Brother James. So that's it. Welcome to another episode of the Keys 107, broadcasting live from the Big Apple. I am your host, your co-host, Rafika. My co-host, Brother James, is in the yes, house. Yes, and as yes. you know, I always say when Brother James is in the house, expect something wonderful to happen. How are you tonight, Brother James? Well, I am fine. Thank you for that introduction. Uh, just know that it is the end of the summer, or some may say that close to the end, because Labor Day is right upon us. It's also, let's get back to school. But uh, most importantly, folks, we are so blessed to have another day to do something and to get it right. So today, Rafika, we have a special guest that's going to bless us with the understanding of how to plan for education, you know, the financial planning for education is so key today. So I'm very, um, uh, very much anticipating a wonderful show. So I'm about to break out my pen and my pad because I'm going to take some good notes today. And so we can share this wonderful information with all those who intend to go back to school. And all for our listening audience, you do have the opportunity to call in and speak to our very special guest, Miss Jessica L. Brown. And just to give you a little background on Jessica Brown, uh, she is the founder, and I'm just going to stop with founder, and she can go a little bit more into that to uh, the founder of College Girl, G-U-R-L, dot com. And collegegirl.com is a environment where people can go online and get more information, some information, figure it all out about how to finance a college education. And this is not just for teens. Um, this is for people who are thinking about going to college, want, returning to college, and even for people who have graduated for college, she does give some help and advice on managing the student loans. But she is the CEO, thank you, she's the CEO of College Girl, and she's also the national spokesperson of college financing for the D3 financial freedom movement. And as you all know that we are in tremendous support of the D Free movement here on the Keys 107 network. And last week we had the event planner who is planning the upcoming uh, Financial Freedom Conference. I believe it's November 5th, or it's the fifth annual conference. I'm going to get those dates right for you for a moment. But also, uh, James, are you there? I am definitely here. Okay, <laughs> good, because I heard you, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, no, Ma- I just was Madea playing, just Allen, like you. 
Oh, okay, good enough. Medea Allen is on standby, our organic soul chef, and we like to allow Medea to get right on it because she just is here and waiting patiently. And for those of you who know Medea Allen, she is the organic soul chef, and she's coming in with the healthy tip of the day. Right after the healthy tip of the day, we're going to jump right into our conversation about how you can finance your college education. Get your financial life together. So I am Rafika. I've given you some and I'm time. Brother to James. Give you some time to go get your pen and your paper. Get ready to take notes. We just got another awesome show for you. The Keys 107 and The Healthy Tip of the Day is to dance in the kitchen. Dancing in the kitchen while preparing meals is a great way to bring the fun and joy back to cooking. And food prepared with joy and love carries a higher and healing vibration. An easy way to start dancing in the kitchen is to play your all-time favorite music while cooking. Dancing to your favorite songs in the kitchen while cooking can transform cooking from a chore that you have to do to a fun activity that you can't wait to do, which can uplift the entire meal at dinner time. Today's healthy tip of the day has been brought to you by Organic Soul Chef Medea Allen. For more healthy lifestyle tips, visit me online at OrganicSoulChef.com. Alphabet is available on Amazon.com and on Kindle. So get your copy today. For more information, visit them online www.thefluffamily.com. Now, 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 back to the keys. 107 with your host, Rafika and Brother James. So, Brother James, Medea's healthy tip was something that you could find very endearing, and I'm sure you can connect with that concept of dancing in the kitchen because you That's did right. dance in the kitchen today. That's <laughs> right, because we're very versatile. We we take much pride in that, <laughs> you know. But let me just get to the keys, 107, my dear. We are today dealing with two aspects of the seven keys. One is the financial key, and the other is the mental. See, we... um we, we take education very serious, and today's uh, episode will deal both with the, um, uh, how, how to go about financing the development of your mind through education. So we don't want to belabor it any longer. I think it's time to bring our guest out. If she is on the line with us, let's bring her Hi. into the fold. How are you, dear? This is Jessica. I'm wonderful. Good, 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 good. We're glad Jessica, to have you. Jessica, we like to say we we like to say your mic is live. Check in. <laughs> My mic is live. Check in. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, were you in there already? 
Well, welcome to the Keys again, where we open doors to endless possibilities uh, in the pursuit of love, peace, and happiness. And we're glad to have you aboard 107 this evening with us. Thank you. I'm so glad to be a part of this segment this evening. Thank you so much. Jessica, give us a little bit about your background and tell us how you got into uh, this field of helping people with financial aid. Um, I've been a financial aid administrator at various uh, institutions within the Washington, D.C. area, um, and, of course, has held many titles within that. Um, I've been helping students find uh, thousands of dollars in scholarship money, um, teaching them how to borrow smart, um, teaching parents and students of all ages, cultures, and, and different backgrounds on how to pay for college and how to finance their education. And um, when I realized that I really had a gift for um, educating these students and and families across the country about how they can make better decisions around finance and education to make sure that they're minimizing their debt and default rates, I figured that I continue to to share this message, not just with the current university that I was working in, but with the world. Mm. As this is a, as this is a country problem, as the national student loan debt right now is worth 1.3 trillion dollars, and it's still growing every second. Mm-hmm. Wow! Well, I think so, I might have added to that problem. We got a few dollars still left to pay on student loan, <laughs> but that, you know what? Just, we need to know how better to get funding. For education because we're not going to go too far without it. So I'm glad that you've taken this on as a mission, uh, a personal mission to uh, enlighten us. So Tell us a little bit, before we get started, James, I would just like for uh, mm-hmm. Jessica to tell us a little bit about her position with the D-Free Movement. Yes, yeah, so my position, my position with the D-Free Movement is the National Spokesperson of College Financing. I'm a part of D-Free. I support, um, of course, the youth and the parents of the D-Free Movement on how they can begin to make better decisions and to, and to finance their college education. Um, and with that, it allows me to give back to, of course, my home church, um, they have given me a platform to really speak and be a voice and um, express myself to the point where I can empower and influence others to make better just financial decisions. So with D3 giving me that platform, um, it really allowed me to expand my voice and create College Girl. Mm. Okay. Well, Jessica, we're going to go into College Girl, but I think we're going to start off with um, the first question. James, are you ready? Yes, I am ready. I am ready. So you want me to ask the question, Pika? Oh, right. <laughs> um, you can ask the questions. I can ask the questions. I can just talk, honestly. <laughs> if you would like to ask the questions, it's that's been fine. a long day, Jessica. It has been a long day, but I'm I'm excited. Go ahead, go ahead, James, brother, brother James, take it on. Take well, it, take it. Babe. I would, you know, I'll start very simple because there, I know that we have young people who are going to be listening to this, if not listening tonight with their parents, and the whole concept of uh, getting up one day when you're 17 years old and start planning to go to college and knowing that you have to pay for it, the first thing they want to know, what is financial aid? You know, uh, how do we go about assessing how much financial aid do we really need? 
and talk to the basic terms of this concept of financial aid. Well, financial aid is known, of course, as the financial assistance that you have to pay for your educational expenses. This comes in various forms. This comes in a form of a scholarship, a grant, a loan, um, work study. Um, so, and, of, and, of course, the money that you can contribute to your college education is also called self-help. Mm-hmm. Self-help aid. So all those are different types of forms of financial aid, and it's very important that you begin as families and students, they begin to research what kind of aid that they can be eligible for. Um, and in order to do that, it's, it's, it's critical to ensure that you are planning early and not really waiting until the last minute to figure out how you're going to pay for college, as college is an investment. You know, many colleges now are more than some people's houses um, mm. in terms of in terms of work, and that's just a piece of paper. Um, that's just saying that you were able to go to school for four years and pass these classes, and you are an expert within your field. That's not you being able to buy a house. And many students now are becoming in debt due to the fact that them and their families haven't been saving for college. So at the last minute, students have no choice but to take out the maximum in student loans. And the parents have no choice but to co-sign or take out these loans on their behalf um, and get the loans in their name. And as a result, that begins to push back their retirement and personal financial goals that they may have for themselves. Mm-hmm. So um, finding financial aid and knowing where it comes from and knowing what aid you can be eligible for is critical to your financial future post-college. Right, right. So when do you uh, propose that a student, um, be, a high school student, begin to uh, look into financial aid? When do, Is it in the 10th grade, 11th grade, senior year? I mean, you can never start too early. I mean, senior year is honestly too late, you know, because mm-hmm. the thing is is that you want to start looking for scholarships that are in line with your GPA or your major and, um, you know, maybe your leadership abilities. And by the time you find those scholarships senior year, you're not going to be eligible for them. But if you start looking freshman year of high school, you know what you need to do academically to perform well enough that you can qualify for different aid at your dream school. Right, right, right. But it can't happen unless you begin to prepare early. And, I mean, parents have to, have to, have to take a responsibility in this, too, of, you know, yes, they're instilling in their children, think about college, think about college, but the parent on the other foot thinking about college and what they have to pay, you know, um, because, if so, it needs to be more of a team effort, and there wouldn't be so much debt in America. So it is critical for not only for these students to plan early and begin to find all these scholarships and resources, but it's important for the parents to begin to find their own financial resources to make sure that they can be able to assist their child through this process. So in in my eyes, the true answer is it's never too early to begin to plan for college as it's one of the biggest investments a family will make in their lifetime. Right, right. So the the the, the uh, parents need to assess their finances and know what they what they're capable of or able to uh, lend in, in financial assistance for their children, and then also they have to the child has to have somewhat of an idea of the career path that they want to go. You know, the educational pursuits they have to have an idea 
so you can begin doing the framework of the research. Am I correct in saying that? Right, because from there, that's when you can begin to research prospective schools in line with your child, with your child's uh, interest and major, and with your actual budget. And that's going to be uh, very important because you know you want to think of the cost of attendance, you know, tuition fees. You also want to think and review: has this institution that you're applying to has their tuition gone up in the past recent years? And if so, can you continuously afford that? Because today the price tag might be one thing, and then next year it's something completely different. You know, as the university uh, staff changes and, and the needs increase, they have to increase tuition, especially with the cost of living in certain areas. For instance, for me, I went to Howard, so coming from a sub, a, the suburbs of New Jersey to a city life, you know, those were way more expensive than normal. Right. So it's making sure that not only when you are searching for the prospective school, you are also looking at the location. Can you afford that location? Mm-hmm. Because that's going to be, you know, important as, you know, your child, they're going to want to go out and with their friends. They're going to want to go to events. They're going to need transportation to get to and from home. You know, and those are the factors that many families don't take into account, but those are the external factors that have to come into play because they're all contributing to the college education. Right, right, right. And if those needs are not met, it's it's very difficult for a student to be successful in their college career, you know. Yes. Uh, So, yeah, you have to plan for those things. Um, So now, if a a 15-year-old... well, freshman going into a sophomore year, sat down with you in in your office and said to you that um, he would like to be a computer engineer. Um, had no idea what schools really offered, or um, and his GPA wasn't something jumping off the charts, but was mid range. What would be what would what would you do to start him uh, um, to getting on the right track as far as developing his financial plan? Well, of course, outside of having that conversation with his family, um, that's the initial conversation. Um, The conversation that I would have with him is beginning to look at the schools that offer the potential major that you are trying to get into. Um, Once you, because not every school or college or university is going to offer his specific major. Right. And then if they do offer that specific major, now you're looking at, okay, well, what is the price of this? You know, now what is the location to this school in relation to where my home base is? Um, I would also tell him to not be discouraged because just because you don't have the highest GPA and is not able to maybe obtain a merit scholarship, there are so many other scholarships out here that you can obtain, like uh, there are so many different leadership scholarships. You can get a scholarship for different characteristics of yourself, like being left-handed, wearing glasses. You know, there are so many different types of scholarships out there that people can be eligible for or opportunities. Like once you get into school, you can become an RA, which means that if you're a resident assistant, you don't have to pay for housing and they give you some form of a stipend as a check because technically you're working for the university. So you're really cutting your costs in terms of housing 
but right. you are just paying for tuition. You know, so it all depends on, you know, the type of person that that student is. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's kind of hard because everybody's different. You know, you have That's people true. that are academically perform well, so they can they can apply to any school. It doesn't matter what their parents make or don't make. You know, mm-hmm. because they have the grades to get in, and they and those grades are going to make sure that they make the scholarship. But right. you have a lot of students that don't test well or that are just average students, you know, and now they're in a pool all the way at the bottom. But that doesn't necessarily mean that there's no money for them either. You know, right. last year a hundred $100 million in scholarship money went unclaimed. That's mm. why wow. we are not – that's because, you know, students and families, we're not, we're not researching. You know, in my household, when I was growing up, my mom made scholarships a priority. You know, and my parents, they made too much money for me to really receive financial aid or any type of grants that the school offered. So if I didn't have the grades, which my grades were great, but I was a poor test taker. So automatically I got eliminated for a lot of demerit scholarships. You know, mm-hmm. so I had to begin to find scholarships that was based off of who I am as a person. I'm a leader. I am energetic. I'm a dancer. I'm this person. I'm that person. So let me see what scholarships fit my profile. Mm-hmm. Then and 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 now you know with the evolution of the internet and and apps, you know you can find scholarships at the ball of your fingertips whenever you choose to. But it's social media and all the different culture things that are currently going on that are taking us away from really what we really need to do because the money is there. You have so many donors who donate to these universities, you know, that are looking for all types of kids that are, that are all types of um, smart or in, in, in athletics and things like that. However, none of these students are looking for these opportunities because many of them expect you to hand them to them. Even their parents, they expect, you know, when they bring their child to the financial aid office, many of the first questions parents ask me is, well, what are you guys going to do for me? What are you guys going to do for us? You know, (laughs) well, wait a minute. What are you going to do for your family? What are you going to do for your child? Then we can see what we can do or, or if we can potentially do anything. Right, right, right. And, mm hmm I'm saying I like the way your your family approached it in terms of you knowing that their their finances were at a certain level they uh honed in on the fact that maybe the school may have some in-house scholarships or maybe there's some other scholarships that are uh that are uh, germane to what who you are and began the research process how did they begin to teach you how to do your own research or did Mom, do it, Dad, do it, and you just looked over their shoulder, or did they give you specific things that they wanted you to do to help in that process? I mean, my mom just was pretty straightforward about it. You know, you need to find some money because we ain't got no money. And that's just (laughs) what it was. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, or we have money, but this is my money. I don't know where your money is, but this is my money. So you need to figure something out. You know, here are some scholarships I put it out. Why don't you go and figure figure this out? Mm-hmm. You know, and and then it was like, okay, well, when my mom would bring some home, next thing you know, I was at school and I would bring some home, and then we would both work on them together. Okay. You know, she would help. She would help me. She would make sure that I mailed them. You know, she would make sure you know I can read my scholarships to her, my essays. You know, and she would really help me. Um, 
to try to secure these opportunities together because at the end of the day, she's, she's trying to plan for her retirement. Right, and Her right. personal financial goals. You know, so how can I get in the way of that? I know I still need financial support throughout this process, but I can't wholly depend on my mom's situation when she still has her own situation, you know? Absolutely, yes. Mm. So and, now... And, uh, mm-hmm. The first, the first time that you landed a scholarship, or one that looked like it was going to happen for you, how did you feel as a uh, soon-to-be college student? How did you feel about that um, procuring your first scholarship? Well, procuring my first scholarship, um, I mean, I felt great. You know, I mean, you put in a, a lot of work when you are doing these scholarships. You know, all these scholarships, there's no essay sometimes that you can really duplicate. Because mm-hmm. everybody asks different questions. So some might be pertaining to what are your life goals? Or some might be, well, what are you going to do with this money? You know, or why do you want to go to school? So you've written so many essays and you've heard nothing back from many of the people that you've applied to. But when you finally hear back from that one, it's a, it feels like a big victory and it feels like a relief. So now it's like, okay even though it's not a $10,000 scholarship, it's $500, that's $500 less that my mom has to pay. I can use that for my books. You know, yes. and when I did, the, I did the debutante ball, you know, First Baptist Church of Lincoln Gardens does a great program um, at the church for, for students. You know, I heard this year every student who went to a four-year college got $7,000 apiece. You know, that is incredible and, and remarkable. And the, the fact of the matter is that there's so many organizations within our current community that are providing us money, but we're not going to these organizations. So it's really important to make sure that not only are you searching for these big-time organizations on the computer and bringing those scholarships home, but you're going to church with your parents or you're going to different programs and events with friends and meeting new people or speaking with your guidance counselors to find more opportunities. Of course, everybody's not going to write you back, but still, the more you put in is the more that you will get back. So I strongly encourage students to try to get some of that $100 million that's out there in scholarships and begin applying and, you know, stop being so immersed in social media because social media is not going to help your financial future. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, Jessica, are the grants you're speaking about that students should begin researching, are these grants? age-specific or uh, major, content major-specific, or how are the grants? Well, grants come in different forms. You know, you can get a grant from an organization to do research. Um, you can get a grant from the federal government, the Pell Grant. Um, in order to be eligible for the Pell Grant, you have to be considered financially needy once, once you complete your FAFSA. If your ESC, which is known as an expected family contribution, is over 5000 which is the, it's basically a numerical expression that they give you to show your financial status as a representation, then you won't be Pell eligible. But if your ESC is under 5000 then you will get some form of Pell eligibility. Um, so it all depends on where the grants are coming from. Another grant is the Federal Supplemental Opportunity Grant. And that is for, of course, financially needy students. However, not everybody can get selected for that as there's a set budget that schools have allotted to them. Um, and, 
and there's only certain amount of students who can qualify for that money. So that's why it's important to make sure that you're doing your FAFSA and applying to many of these opportunities as early as possible because aid comes on a first-come, first-served basis. Mm-hmm. And when it, when do you actually have to, what's your deadline in terms of the FAFSA? When do you have to put it in? Is it in the summer before you start school? Is it in the fall or is it, you know, in the spring? Uh, well, the FAFSA, the FAFSA used to come out every January 1st. However, in September 2015, uh, President Obama decided and the U.S. Department of Education that the FAFSA will be available starting this October, on October 1st from now on, um, and basically it's that now since the FAFSA will be coming out October 1st, it's going to allow more families to have way more time to family financial plan. It's going to give the universities more time to uh, award these students financial aid um, and, and, and get the award letters out there to them and have students really understand uh, how much money they might possibly need to come up with after reviewing their awards. So it is important with financial aid to make sure that you apply on a first-come, first-served basis. The FAFSA is from now August 1st mm-hmm. of the year to, of course, the June 30th of the following year. So, for instance, it used to be January 1st to June 30th. Now it's going to be October 1st to June 30th. Okay, so you got uh, more time on the on the front end to begin uh, filling out your forms and getting it back to the financial aid office. Now, when you fill out a FAFSA, uh, you have to have a school in mind when you're filling it out, or is it something you can do um, without having a specific school in mind? Well, um, well, the FAFSA, of course, you want to do when you have, of course, specific schools in mind, because like I said, the award process for all schools is first come, first served. Um, However, the FAFSA, they do have a tool called the FAFSA Forecaster. So if you're just trying to forecast what your eligibility could be based off your parents' taxes, um, based off your parents' taxes and things of that nature, you can use the the FAFSA Forecaster tool, and you can start using that in ninth grade, in 10th grade, in 11th grade, you know, and see exactly what your eligibility is. And then when it's really time for you to get to college, your parents already know where they financially stand. Right. With right. their eligibility from the government. So you already know what awards you you will potentially be eligible for. However, you won't know what type of institutional aid you will be eligible for because, of course, that's aid coming from the institution in forms of a merit scholarship or maybe a donor or things of that nature. Um, right. But you can clearly forecast the, the, the general expenses, seeing if you're Pell eligible, seeing if you'll get a federal supplemental opportunity grant, Thing, if you're hopefully eligible for work study, things of that nature, you'll be able to see by using the FAFSA forecaster. Great, great. And we can just go online right now and um, just put FAFSA forecaster tool, and we'll be able to find it on, on online? Yes, the FAFSA forecaster tool is online. It's on the uh, government website. Um, mm-hmm. I believe it's, it should be at fafsa.ed.gov. Um, and that's where the FAFSA. So it's the same um, same website as the regular FAFSA, but there's a there's a tool on here where you can use the forecaster. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. So if a if a child 
knows what college they want to go to in, in let's say, the ninth grade, and they they do the FAFSA forecast, they know about how much money they may be eligible for, what comes first, the FAFSA or the application, the college application approval or well, of FAFSA? Course you, I mean, I mean, of course you do the college applications first because college applications, they start accepting them, I think, what, September or, mm-hmm. you know, some schools, August. You know, everybody has their own time frames where they begin accepting applications. You know, remember, most of the deadlines for early decision is November. So, of course, you have to do the application first because you you can't go to college without having an admission letter, you know, an acceptance letter. So you have to basically try to do both simultaneously. However, the first initial step is making sure that you apply to the actual college. However, you've already done your FAFSA forecaster, so you already kind of know where you stand um, financially. So once you apply to college and do the general admissions process, at that same time, the FAFSA will be available, and then you'll be able to do the FAFSA and then the financial aid office within the weeks or depending on what their turnaround time is will send you back an award letter, and then if you accept it, then that means that you will be enrolled. Okay, okay. Now, is there a um, scholarship database that we can tap into online to do, um, to do the research? Like, I mean, there's so many different search engines nowadays. I mean, you have scholarships.com. You have a new app called Schooly, which is by um, a young gentleman who went to Drexel and he went on Shark Tank, and uh, Damon John invested in his scholarship app. However, I do believe that scholarship app is 99 cents. Um, however, it'll allow you to put in your current location, you know, what your major is, um, different characteristics of who you are, and then it will find scholarships that relate to what you put in. That, you um, that's definitely a great a? app. What, what's Schooly, S-C-H-O-L-L-Y. Got it. Um, there's um, fastweb.com. Um, of course, you can just Google scholarships, Um Stopping in the career center at your local college or stopping in at your guidance counselor to see what scholarships are available. Of course, if you're a part of any local organizations, especially uh, fraternities and sororities, have so many mentoring programs, many of them mm-hmm. offer scholarships. So, you know, tapping into your local organizations is definitely a great thing, and it also allows you to build relationships within your community, and you never know. You might find that person who can give you your first job post-college, you know, just because you you made that relationship and they they looked out for you throughout your college career. So it it allows you to get back into the community and try to secure some more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Well, so I those think... of you who are on hang, uh, those of you who are online right now um, in the Keys 107 website, in, in, uh, not, the, not the website, in the Keys 107 Facebook group under the um, event promotion, we have put those links that Jessica uh, has just mentioned resources that you can go to to help you find grants and information about scholarships, uh, scholarships and, and financial aid. MySchoolie.com, by the way. Okay. Did everybody take a nap? Are you there? We're no, going to go no, to a, I, uh, 
<laughs> we're going to go to a quick break. And when we come back from the break, Jessica, if we could just pick up on what's going to be coming out with what's what's new with the FAFSA application. I know you mentioned the okay. deadlines, the filing deadlines have changed October 1st to June 30th. Are those the correct times? Is that the correct timeline? Yes. Okay. And, you know, and also, Rafika, uh, we would like to hear a little bit about your book on how to pay for college when you're broke. I guess hearing some of it, but I want to hear how did you come about with that when we come back from, from our little break. Is that okay, Jessica? That sounds great to me. Okay. The Keys 107. We'll be right back. The Fluff presents the alphabet is available on Amazon.com and on Kindle. So get your copy today. For more information, visit them online www.thefluffffamily.com. Now, 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 back to the keys. One oh seven with your host, Rafika and Brother Jay. So we're here live with the Keys 107. We have a very special guest, Miss Jessica L. Brown, CEO of CollegeGirl.com and the National Financial, uh, Financial Spokesperson for the D-Free Movement. And Jessica has been giving us some wonderful tips and insights into when is the right time to apply for financial aid. And I was a little surprised, i got to admit, that she said that really it should start in the freshman year of high school. So we have always had the mindset that that process begins the end of the sophomore year into the junior year. But she's saying, hey, get, get with the program and start in your freshman year. And I think children have to be a little more directed than those <laughs> I've run across to get ready to do that. And we were talking about the FAFSA application, and uh, Jessica said that there is a new timeline in filing it, and that's between October 1st and June 30th. So you also mentioned when in our pre and our planning conversation, Jessica, that there is a new FAFSA uh, form. Is that was that the date you were talking about? Well, yes. So the FAFSA, you know, in September 2015, President Obama announced that starting with the 2017-2018 FAFSA application, that students will be able to submit their FAFSAs earlier and as early as October 1st, 2016, rather than January 1st, 2017. So this will allow, of course, more time to, you know, family financial planning. Um, Students don't have to wait until their parents file their taxes in order to do the FAFSA as now they can use the prior year's taxes to complete the FAFSA, which is great because many students are don't get a lot of aid because of the first come first uh, serve awarding process because of the fact that their parents waited till after April in order to file their taxes, and as a result, there's the only aid that's probably really left is the loans that are provided to you, and if you are eligible for a Pell Grant, as most 
institutional aid is already been awarded. Um, so with that being said, the new FAFSA will be available October 1st, 2016 to June 30th of 2018 instead of January to June. So, okay. Um, and with that, you can use your income information from the 2015 tax year to begin to fill out your FAFSA for the 2017-2018 school year on October 1st. Okay, so let me just make sure I got this right. If uh, if say our son was going to school, um, to college, um, this week, you know, because school's starting back up for college, um, we would have had have had last year's tax um, returns. I'm talking about for 2015, um, done by February. Most times we don't get our W-2s back or whatever to February, right? Um, so, right. So then we could apply. The FAFSA could be filled out. He could apply for grants and scholarships at that point. Right. Is, well, is I mean, there... scholarships are scholarships are all year round. You know, scholarships. Oh. Everybody has their own deadlines for those. But with the FAFSA mm-hmm. specifically, um, if your child is about to go to college, let's say right now you have a child who is a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. That would mean in the 2017 academic year, in the fall, they are going to be going to college. So with that being said, October, of basically a month from now, you would begin to fill out the FAFSA. At the gotcha. end of that time, your child would begin to be sending their college applications to these schools. So hopefully they get everything around the same time. Now, right. if you did submit your FAFSA, and your college applications in October, then hopefully by December or early January, you already know what college you've got accepted to. Now, with that also being said, you already know with that what your financial aid award package is. So mm-hmm. that will so and it's still early enough in the year. Your child is not graduating high school until June, so now you almost got six months, six to seven right. months, give or take to begin to figure out how you plan to pay for college or what uh, additional schools your child might need to apply to to try to see if those schools will give them more aid or what more scholarships your child needs to apply for to try to make up the shortfall. Right, 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 right. Hmm. So this is one of the reasons, like you said, they uh, they decided to expand the, uh, the time frame in which you can put the, the FAFSA in. Uh, because a lot of folks were missing out on the uh, the, the availability of these scholarships, and for I think you use a hundred million dollars of unclaimed scholarships in a year's time. That is a lot of money, especially when you know we know people are in need of these scholarships to pay for their education. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. That is definitely um, a big issue, um, you know, because you, like we previously stated, I mean, you have so many students that they've done all these college application essays, you know, now they've done the FAFSA, you know, now they are trying to apply to all these different scholarships that are now requiring different essays, you know, so a lot of times students are just like, you know what, I'm just done writing. I mean, look how much I had to do 
just to get into college. You know, now I don't feel like doing any more scholarships because, remember, scholarships are really outside of the FAFSA. Right. Because you're really doing your own research to find and secure those funds. So um, with the FAFSA also being available early, it takes a lot of pressure off the financial aid office. You know, as a financial aid administrator, you know, when the FAFSA becomes available in January, these kids are coming to in, to school in August. By May, they want to know how much money they're going to be getting. So, right. for, so that only allows offices January, February, March, and April, four months, because, well, technically – uh, the national deadline, I believe, for accepting scholarships is uh, April 15th or, or May 1st. or somewhere around that that time frame. So that only gives financial aid offices three and a half to four months to get all these award packages ready. So with them, the government now being able to make the FAFSA available in October, it now provides an additional two to three months that the financial aid office can begin to prepare um, and begin to see where they stand instead of everything being such a rush. I mean, you have to think, just because you do the FAFSA, that doesn't mean that you're done with paperwork. You know, mm-hmm. something with your FAFSA probably didn't go through. So now you have to report to the financial aid office and complete documents, additional documents that you have to submit. So, which now there's more documents coming into the financial aid office and you have to have people to process those documents. You have to have people to pull the loans from the federal government. You have to have people to run the loans on people's accounts and award them, you know, and with many schools' budget cuts, many financial aid offices are suffering as a result. So the the time frame is even longer. So it's, it's really important that, that the government and the Department of Education has really decided to produce the FAFSA earlier to really help families understand um, where they stand financially in terms of their eligibility. Okay, okay. Well, I think, you know, it's so worthy to have this conversation, and I think more families um, have to, you know, attack this financial uh, commitment altogether, student, husband, wife, everybody, team effort to find the scholarships, to fill out the forms, to, you know, uh, create a calendar so that you have deadlines for your, for your child to fill out the, you know, the essays and all the things that they have to do, make it a little bit more easier for them to navigate through this hair process and also to team up with the professionals like yourself and the, the, uh, the college uh, counselors at the schools so that the children have a better understanding of what they have to do um, because it's so important. It is very important. So how much uh, yes. can how much can family how much can a family count on the the uh, counselor in school in the high school to really help the child navigate and the family navigate through the process of filing for financial aid? I mean, you know, every where, you know, it's different. You have a lot of counselors who are really involved, and you have a lot of counselors who just do their job and go home. Same thing as a financial aid officer. You have many officers who are going to provide external resources or lead students and families in the right direction to find resources, 
and you're going to have those employees who aren't really going to say too much. They're just going to package your financial aid and answer your questions. So um, it really all depends on, you know, who, what, what kind of counselor you have. And, you know, even that, that's why it's so important more than ever to make sure that you're always doing your own research. Yes. Um, yes, you can go to the guidance counselor, but you have many guidance counselors who don't get themselves too involved in the college process. Once they get your transcripts ready and they sign off on them, that's it. You know, they don't really know about local opportunities because they don't immerse themselves into getting that information. Mm. So it is. So students really need to try to go there as a resource, but if it's not really successful, if you're not getting a lot of the information you need, that's when you rely on those local organizations that we previously spoke about. And, of course, Google and all these different apps and things of that nature and friends. And, and look at school websites. You know, all these different universities have scholarships on on them, and many of them maybe national scholarships that you didn't know about, you know, checking out the different schools' financial aid offices' websites to see what resources that you could potentially apply for is definitely going to help you in the future to help your out-of-pocket expenses. So, Jessica, walk me through this. Um, I go to the website. My son says I want to go to this, this particular school. I go to the website. Now, he hasn't applied for any, he hasn't submitted any application because he's in the 11th grade. And he, he's, he finds some, some grants, some scholarship opportunities. Does he need to have a letter? And I know you mentioned this earlier in the show some, about a letter. Does he need to have an acceptance letter in order to file for a scholarship or a grant? That, that's all contingent upon what the qualifications are. You have so many scholarships that um, may allow you to apply in the 11th grade because they might want you to go to a summer program, you know, a year prior to giving a, a year prior to you going to college, you know. So that's it's it's, it's kind of really hard to really answer that specific question, as there's so many different deadlines for for scholarships that you might be able to apply in ninth grade. So it, it just it really all depends on what websites that you are going to. Are if you're going to the school's website to check what scholarships they have, of course you have to wait until you've completed your SATs, you've done, you know, your FAFSA, you've done um, the application process, and hopefully you'll qualify for one of the scholarships that are on their website because you worked hard enough academically to know what you needed to make within the classroom to see if you can be eligible for the institutional aid that they offer. Okay. Okay, so now, I'm partly, I I really wanted to see if we can talk about the book because... Yeah. We were on the same, same, we're seeing eye to eye on that one. Okay, okay. I just want to know, how did you get started with um, the writing of the book, How to Pay for College When You're Broke? And that is an outstanding um, (laughs) (laughs) name for a book. I think it, it actually gets attention. It got mine. So tell us how you got started with the writing of that book. Um, I started writing this book um, after um, I was let go 
um, from my alma mater. I was working there as a financial aid administrator, um, and I was stuck at a standstill. I applied for about 160 jobs, um, <laughs> literally 160 <laughs> Um and I just started reading thank you cards from around the from around the world that students and families had sent me. Um, and I began to think to myself, like, wow, you know, I've impacted so many lives, you know, just helping people at my job. You yes. know, well, how can I? And, and then now with Pastor allowing, uh, giving me this platform um, to educate students and families, you know, it's like, okay, I'm doing this thing with Pastor Stories and, he believes in me, and he just thinks that I really know my stuff. And then, you know, these parents and family and students, they're writing me thank you cards from all around the world, and it's just telling me how much of an angel I've been to them, or without me they wouldn't be able to accomplish their dreams. So I really took that personally. And, you know, my boyfriend always tells me, you know, when you talk about that financial aid stuff, you just light up. Like, that's your yeah. thing. You yes. just get so happy. You just are able to empower students and families and like it's fulfilling for you Mm. so you know he said you know you really need to capitalize off that and when I started to think you know God gave us the tools to produce wealth you know and and knowing that he's he's bestowed these tools upon us it is up to us to utilize our gifts you know I have the gift of gas you know, so knowing that I have the gift of gab and I majored in broadcast journalism, I know that I'm a, an effective communicator. And evidently I am based off of the thank you cards I started to read. And I started to say, you know what, this is my gift. You know, maybe I'm supposed to be here to, to do this. You know, why not give it a shot? You know, at the end of the day, you know, at least I'm empowering and influence others to understand what's going on if nobody else explains it to them, especially being a young black female that's, you know, 26 years old. You know, I understand what my peers are going through. You know, when they get these refunds, I understand that the things that they want to buy and the things that they want to do, however, we also have to keep in mind that our future, we still want to buy houses and cars and and potentially one day create families of our own. You know, and it's kind of hard to do that when you owe so much money in, in student loan debt and credit card debt and who knows who else you owe. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, um, I, that, that's how, you know, College Girl was started. And College Girl really just started as a book. You know, I really just said, I'm just going to write my ideas down every day um, about financial aid. So whenever I do get another job back in financial aid, I'll be ready. I'll be on point. You know, and then once I really started to see that I was on to something, I said, well, hey, you know, why not write a book? And I talked to my mom and my friends about it, and I kept telling myself, I'm going to call myself College Girl. You know, everybody's kind of looking at me like, okay, College Girl, Mm -hmm. you know. And, Mm -hmm. And I raised money on GoFundMe. You know, so many friends and family members donated and, uh, pastor made sure I made it to Vegas to go to the Federal Student Aid Conference. And I called one of my friends and I said, look, i got to have a T-shirt or something. I have to represent, you know, who I am. I'm going to Vegas. And uh, he made me a shirt and a jacket and I wore a uniform in Vegas and passed out flyers and the rest is history. Wow. Tell us how we can get your book or get a copy of your book. 
Well, How to Pay for College When You're Broke will be available next week on Amazon, um, September the 9th. Um, so please be sure to log into Amazon. Of course, you can always go to my website, collegegirl.com. Um, my book is really going to give you the tips and strategies that you need to make the best informed decisions. Um, it's it, it's going to cover everything about family financial planning, scholarships, loans, the importance of budgeting and remembering your financial future. So please be sure to purchase to, to purchase this book, support the project, and just begin to educate yourself on how you can begin to learn how to pay for college. Mm, we definitely appreciate that. We will be the first to go there on September 9th and get one of your copies of your book. Thank you so much. Yes, yes. So let's just wrap up with a takeaway, uh, Jessica. What is the takeaway from this? Con- I know that I, I, I think I resonated with early planning. Me too. That you must, you know, look into. And I, I have never thought about freshman year. Well, the takeaway um, from this conversation would be, you know, making sure you know, you all do this together. You know, this is a team effort. This is a family effort. When you get to the finish line and you graduate and you walk across that stage and your whole family is there, you guys have been in in this journey and experience together. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't just wait till that moment to take that picture because it takes a while to get to take that picture. It takes a lot That's of money right. to get to take that picture. So, yes. um what I would advise is, you know, starting early and, you know, parents begin to know your children, you know, uh, children begin to understand what your parents can afford. You know, they're already buying you Jordan sinkers and everything else. You know, they, they want to have a life too. So help them out in any way possible by giving back and trying to find the resources to really help your parents because they need you because you all are in this together. Mm. Jessica, may I just add one thing that, that is also a takeaway? Do your own research as much as you can. Of course. Do, do your own research. And so uh, I'm I'm going to actually put that into execution right away. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> we research, can hold him. research, research, and don't rely yeah. on school to give you anything. you got to find the money. This is your destiny. This is your future, so you just need to go out here and do what you have to do. Exactly. Okay. Well, wow, I so thank we... you all so much for allowing me to come on the keys this evening and educate your viewers. I definitely enjoyed myself, and I hope everybody goes to College Girl, of course, so with the youth.com to learn more and stay in touch. And I will be in Harlem next week, um, Rainbow Push Coalition event sponsored by Chevrolet, speaking from 10 to 2, so please go to rainbowpush.org. I will also be on ABC News Saturday morning at 9.15, ABC News, Eyewitness 7, um, at 9.15 in the morning, talking about last-minute strategies for paying for college. Nice. Nice. Now, when are you coming to Harlem? Because you know that's our neck of the woods. September the 10th. So next Saturday I'll be in Harlem, and then on Saturday I will be at ABC 7. Okay, do you know the location? Do you have it right now? You can always pop it in the keys group if you don't if you don't have it right now. For how? Okay, I I believe I do have the location, um, but the link to register for the event is a free workshop. I do know is rainbowpush.org. Okay. okay. 
and it's the uh, we're all about accelerating, you know, your financial success. And there's a couple people on the workshop and the panel, and it's going to be a really great day to learn why money literacy matters. Mm. Well, Jessica, the Keys 107 will be happy to be there and support what you're doing, and you have a home here at the Keys. And when that book comes out, you are going to be our guest. You're going to return, and this is going to go through that book and talk some more. I think this is an ongoing topic. It's something that I think people need to hear continuously, these tips and strategies. It seems it seems like things that people should just know, but sometimes we just need someone to be in our ear and remind us that, as you know, the keys, that's what we do. We open doors to endless possibilities in the pursuit of love, peace, and happiness. Well, it's that time when we hear that sound, <laughs> we know that we're on to the next one. But yes, I want everyone wait, wait, to absorb. Be- before to we absorb. go, mm-hmm. can before we go, uh, Jessica, if you could let our audience know how they can reach you. You can reach me at www.collegegirlgurl.com as well on Instagram and Twitter at collegegirljd. And that's G-U-R-L. <laughs> yes. Girl. Yes, girl. girl. College girl. Girl. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Collegegirl.com. James? Yes. So I just wanted to say I wanted everyone to absorb this conversation that we had this evening and take notes and let us all try to make it a, a, a great experience for our young people to get into school. And never let them think that dollars will prevent them from getting their education. There's so many dollars out there. Let's go get them so we can put um, our children in a position to be successful. And with that being I mean, said, mm-hmm. what an exciting opportunity to sit with your child and, and ask them what is their dream school, what is their dream occupation, their dream career, and sit and plan with them and get them ready at such a young age for college. So I am Rafika, your co-host this, of the Keys 107 Network. And we'd like to say good night. May well, God be with we you. Go, let's, before we go, let's let everybody know that they can listen to our playback on blogtalkradio.com slash Keys 107. Or they can go to our website at www.thekeys107network.com. And we are on iTunes. You can listen to all of our over 380-something shows. We've been broadcasting for three years. We've been opening doors to endless possibilities in the pursuit of love, peace, and happiness. And I'm just so grateful to have this opportunity to talk to you. Good night. Good night, everyone. God bless. James.